0: everybody you're listening to the 47th episode of Fipster baseball podcast hbp where we talk about baseball drinks delusions and everything else under the sun i'm de carlo calloway back from swimming with beautiful sea turtles but keeping my 10 foot distance alongside dorian and on today's podcast we take a helicopter ride with Dion sanders drink some white lightning with the braves discuss the start of the european soccer leagues lord Lord and I mean Lord as well as Lord, the recent roster moves made by the New York Knicks stormed through Atlanta with Miss Cleo and tried on Los Doggers' new City Connect uniforms. So of course I would love to do this because it's been quite a while since I've been gone talking about what it is that we are drinking today. So I will start by telling you I am drinking a Bitburger Fest beer. I'm not, sh- I think, yes, be- being that there is a pretzel within the logo, I believe this beer is specifically made by Bitburger because of the coming Oktoberfest. And now I want to throw it to my Mandorian so he could tell us what beautiful beer he might be drinking today as we record this beautiful podcast
1: welcome back my friend we've been holding the fort down with you I've been giving updates to all of our listeners that you were in Polynesia with David Attenborough. you were uh, with Jeff Bezos in space Yep, you're all over the place yeah. but uh, now you're back in the the, the, the co-host seat as uh, here at HPP so yep. I'm happy to, I, I'm, I'm happy to be here cheers. You. cheers and I am cheering you I'm gonna drink first in my Cup. I have Castleburg Cream Ale from Castleburg Brewery and Taproom in Richmond, Virginia. I want to talk very quickly about Richmond, Virginia, specifically the Richmond Braves, who used to be the AAA minor league affiliate of the Atlanta Braves from 1966 to 2008. So it's been a long time. Then they moved to uh, Georgia and now to the Gwinnett, Gwinnett Braves. But anyways, the Richmond Braves are no more, but... They've actually had some very famous alumni, DeCarlo. They had Dusty Baker, mm. godfather of Barry Bonds.
0: And a very good manager, and still a manager.
1: With the Houston Astros. Ron Gant. I don't know if you remember Ron Gant. Yes, Carlo.
0: I do, I do, I do, yes.
1: It is a shame. By the way, people, Ron Gant was an awesome outfielder for the Atlanta Braves in the early 90s when they went to the first two World Series back in 91 and 92. In the offseason going into the 93 season, he signed the, at the time, the biggest one-year deal in Major League Baseball history. He signed a one-year, $5.5 million contract. He goes out on a dirt bike. He goes off the course, and he wraps his right leg around a tree, completely breaks it. The Braves paid him, I think, $900,000 to terminate the contract because he violated the contract by because he wasn't supposed to do those things. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he missed like a year, year and a half. He was never, never the, same. the same. Oh, my God. That guy was... Power, speed. If you guys, you guys should just go on YouTube and watch the Ron Gan highlights.
0: He was amazing. He, he was a bad dude, man. And then, yeah, that that whole accident screwed him up. Screwed him up because, and that was such a like that was the nineties Braves, and they had they had a squad, and he was definitely looked upon as one of those sh- bright shining lights until that accident. So that was yeah, damn it
1: wasn't easy to replace him, but no. also one of our unfavorite people, Tony Larusa. Of course, and we talk about him almost every other week. I talked about him when you were gone.
0: Of course, you did.
1: <laughs> Tony Russo played for the Atlanta Braves, so he was in the Richmond Braves uh, minor league system. He was he was with the Richmond Braves, and right now, of course, Tony LaRusso, as we all know, is currently the manager of the Chicago White Sox. Mm-hmm. And finally, oh, actually, and also Tom Glavine. Shout out to Tom Glavine, my favorite left-handed pitcher of all time, my favorite pitcher of all time, Tom Glavine. Mm-hmm. So. Hall of Famer, multiple Cy Youngs, World Series, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, he was good. And, yeah, you know what it was? He, I, like, I, I could agree that he was a really good pitcher because he also had very good stuff. You know, like, back in the day, you'd be like, there's a pitcher. He's got good stuff. Like, he didn't just have, like, one or two pitches that he depended upon. Like, all four of his pitches he could really just mess you up with. And his location – and and control was so on point that he was was a perfect counterweight he was so he was such a perfect counterweight to greg maddox and john smoltz you know maddox was like he was he placed everything like not really high velocity but could get you because his stuff was amazing and smoltz had like heavyweight just like speed and power and then glavin was like that intermix who could mix it up like his fastball would normally hover around 89-90, but if he wanted to throw 94-95, he could. At like maybe a couple stretches during the game. So that was, he was a really good pitcher, man. Yeah, I got to say he was probably one of the better ones. He came to the Mets at the end of his career. He still did well. He, he did, well. did well. He did well. He, he really messed course. up in,
1: I think, the end of the 2007 season when the whole Mets just collapsed. Yeah. And, uh, he, 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 he did horrible in his last start and then the Mets... Didn't go to the playoffs, but yeah. it's kind of his fault, but it's also, you know, he, Yeah, it's one, pitcher, of those
0: mom- it's one of those moments where a great player like continues to stretch it out. And then, you know, eventually uh, reality sets in in a way that they didn't really plan on that tells them, like, Oh, Yo, you're done. Like, wrap it up. It's time to go. And I was, you know, definitely one of his. But I don't know. So we're going to
1: wrap up this segment as well with we promised you we were going to get in the helicopter with Neon Deon Sanders. Those of you who don't remember, Deon Sanders is the he- Hall of Fame cornerback for the San Francisco San Francisco 49ers, Atlanta Falcons, Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. And he, he won multiple Super Bowls. And he was also a baseball player. This is how athletic he was. Oh, he was also We're, on the
0: Atlanta Falcons too. Don't forget that. Yeah, That's they, they drafted him. Yeah,
1: So he was playing for the Atlanta Falcons in the NFL. And he was also playing for the Atlanta Braves in baseball at the same time. And there are a handful of occasions where he would go from finishing a football game Take the helicopter to go play for the Braves. Specifically, this happened twice in 1992, where in one week he, he they were uh, the Falcons went down to Miami to play the Dolphins. The game finished. He flew to Pittsburgh, where the Atlanta Braves were in the playoffs against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he took a helicopter from the whatever the Pittsburgh airport is to the stadium, and then the next week he then played in the World Series against the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, the, the guys. People always think of like Bo Jackson as the ultimate two way player, but Deion Sanders he wasn't as good he wasn't as good as Bo Jackson in baseball, but he was good enough. He, he was good enough. Yeah, he was good enough. He, and was, an he was actually he was with the Yankees first.
0: Yeah, he was a true athlete. Like I mean, no matter what, he's he'll always be known for his football prowess. Like there's no doubt about that.
1: But no, but it, for Atlanta fans, he's always remembered as well as the Braves. The two teams, for, yeah, because he was he was awesome and. Remember, he was also the one, Deion Sanders was also the one that was having uh, MC Hammer, who mm-hmm. we talked about, like, well, I don't remember, like a month or two ago, too legit to quit. MC Hammer was at, on the sidelines of all the Atlanta Atlanta Falcons games with his sunglasses, his gold chain. It was, uh, the Falcons were the cool.
0: They were the cool team at that point. They were the cool team. Yeah. I mean, they, they couldn't win a damn game if they left to bed.
1: <laughs> But they looked good because they were all in black. <laughs> and MC Hammer was a fan of theirs. Yes, so you can't yes. go wrong with that.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Dion, he was smart. He was like, uh, get me out of this train and take me to San Francisco. Oh, he yeah, got I his first won. ring. I mean, he was there when it was. Once, 94. Yeah. With Steve Young and Jerry Rice. And who was the running back that um uh, uh
1: Waters. Um,
0: Ricky Waters. Yeah. Ricky Waters. Yeah. Ricky Waters. Yeah. Ricky Waters, yeah. Yeah,
1: that was a heck of a team. Ken Norton
0: Jr. out of a lot of say that.
1: Ken Norton Jr. the linebacker had played the previous two seasons with the Cowboys, so that son of a gun won three straight Super Bowl rings. Oh, incredible. Man. So what else is incredible? These delicious drinks. To De Carlos's German beer, my Richmond. What is this again? Uh, cream Castleberg Cream Ale. People, we always post what we drink on our Twitter handle. You should also share with us what makes you happy, what you drink. Tweet us a picture. Our Twitter handle is at HBP4040 and use the hashtag HBPdrink. I'm having another drink here. We're going to stay hovering over the city of Atlanta with Deion Sanders for my sports segment here. I'm going to talk about the Braves' big boppers, how they're using their bats, they're hitting home runs, Speak and also left-handed pitchers. I was talking about Tom Lavin. The current left-handed pitcher for the Atlanta Braves called is called Max Freed. Young dude, he's rail thin, and he is he is the best hitter in Major League Baseball. His current average is three forty-two for a pitcher. Oh. If he keeps this up, he's going to finish with one of the top three batting averages for pitchers of all time. Oh. Now, the, the current record is held by Oral Hershiser, oh. Los Angeles Doyer. Cleveland Indiana. Indian, and I'm sure he pitched for other people as well. That guy pitched forever. Yeah, he
0: pitch, he pitched for the Mets too. I think. <laughs> I,
1: I think so. Yeah, and so he, Oral Hershire, Hersh, back in 1983, he hit 356, and I'm pretty sure that was when when he was with uh, the Dodgers. Yeah, he so, was with the
0: Dodgers because he went to the Indians. I think in '95.
1: Yeah, it helped him to get to the World Series. So Max Freed is just I, he is so good that he's at uh, that Brian at the. Atlanta Braves manager, has called upon Max Freed to come off the bench in late-inning situations to get key hits, which on one hand is really badass. On the other hand, if you're thinking, like, couldn't we get somebody else but, the, but a pitcher? <laughs> and there was – was, Well, that's only two.
0: because of the perception and bias we have towards pitchers in Major League Baseball because – That's true. You know, unfortunately, there haven't really been – that many who actually can hit. Now we have show you know Ohtani who can hit home runs, and you have Frazier oh, who has a right. good average. So yeah. I mean, now it's changing the perception a bit. But I think, I think also that that goes back into how compartmentalized some of the uh the, the positioning are and training is yeah. now. Because I mean, your best athlete always used to be your pitcher and your shortstop. So if you kind of still went by that same logic, pitchers would be hitting the hell out of stuff. Or at least you're like. You're number one and number two in the lineup, but yeah. I just opened up my second can of this
1: cream ale thing, which so I'm going to give you two quick examples about what a badass Max Freed is. On the Fourth of July, the Braves played against the Marlins. Bottom of the night inning, they were down. Max Freed gets up and he hits the game-winning RBI at, at the end of the game. To Carlos's favorite player of all time, Don Mattingly, current manager of the Mike Marlins, said, "Quote." I really was surprised that he swung the bat, but he's actually a pretty good hitter. End quote. (laughs) <laughs> I like how, like, surprised he was. He was like, what? He, I'm sure everyone, like, watching was like, what? Why are they putting the pitcher in? It's pretty sad. That,
0: that's the batting coach in Don Mattingly. Like, I mean, you got to re- No, seriously, you got to remember, like, Mattingly was like a purist type of hitter, too. And, mm-hmm. you know, even as he became a manager, he started out as a, like, hitting coach with the Yankees and then went off to the Dodgers and was a hitting coach and a manager. That's right, yeah. And so, like, I mean, for him to make that honest assessment shows, like, from, the hit- like, from a hitter's perspective, and a hitter's coach perspective, like this guy really has good fundamentals that he's bringing in with him in the, in the batter's box.
1: Yeah, and then also at the end of the same game, when Max Fried hit that game winning RBI, the manager, the Braves manager, Brian Snicker said, quote, if Max wasn't pitching, he would be an outfielder in the big leagues. End quote. I, when, he, when Snicker said that, I was like, wow, like this guy's a lot more athletic. Like Deion Sanders, not. I'm not saying he has Deion Sanders' athleticism. But he doesn't, but he's just a lot more athletic. than when you see this guy, he's like six foot tall. He's like he's he's real thin, and it's like this guy can hit. This guy can bop. And DeCarlo, no one uses that anymore. Big the big bopper. Like when's yeah, the last time we, people put it like, back in the 1990s? Like,
0: not even. Who even said? 20, that in 2000s. No nope. big
1: bop. Like uh, Frank. What was Frank Thomas's the the, uh, the, the designated hitter, The big. Okay, he was the big hurt. No, oh, that was his nickname. But anyways, but maybe it's even older than that. But because for some reason, I thought about the word the big bopper. That's what they used to call, I don't know, 40, 60 years ago, the, the home run haters in baseball.
0: Well, because well, you had Babe who was the big bambino.
1: Yeah, but it was always like just a big bopper. That's what it, that's what they're always called. But I remember there was a late 1950s singer by the name of the big bopper, and he came out with a hit. That unfortunately, he died in a plane crash with um, Buddy Holly, Buddy Holly, and Ricky uh,
0: Val uh, Ricky Valdez. Ricky no, Valves. no, not Ricky Valdez. What is his name? John. No, I know La Bamba. Damn it. You know what? Let me just Ricky Valence.
1: Ricky Valence. Yeah, yeah. So all these guys all died in a car ac- car accident, airplane accident back in 1959 in like Iowa or something. But anyways, we're not here to talk about these tragedies. Tragedies, tragedies. Is the Big Bopper came out with a song called White Lightning? I have no idea what. While I'm, I'm thinking about this stuff. It came to my mind, and that the song White Lightning. DeCarlo, do you want to say what the the song White Lightning is about?
0: Uh It is about moonshine.
1: <laughs> it's about drinking people, and it's exactly Richie, Valens,
0: Richie Valens. Richie Valens. Richie Valens. Yes,
1: that's it. what the HBP bullpen just just told us. But so I love the fact that the Big Bopper. Wrote a song about what about moonshine, and in the song they're talking about the G-men, which again another term no one uses, FBI agents, Mm -hmm. and the T-men, special agents of the Treasury Department, trying to shut down, yeah trying to shut down this moonshine that that uh his pappy, his papa, his daddy has been (laughs) has been making. So people check that out, white lightning. But the one you're probably going to listen to is the one that was made that George Jones made famous after the big bopper unfortunately passed away in that, in the airplane accident. But anyways, the Braves are having a 21st century big boppers right now because all four of their infields, first baseman, Freddie Freeman, second baseman, Ozzie Alves shortstop, uh, Dansby Swanson and third baseman, Austin Riley. They have the potential to be the first team in baseball history that every one of them will hit at least 30 home runs. That is some major power coming from your infielders. Mm-hmm. And only one team in history has had all four of those infield positions hit at least 25. Surprisingly, shout out to uh, the, another a podcast I listened to called From the Diamond and David Schoenfield over at ESPN for bringing this up. The 2008 Florida Marlins, now the Miami Marlins. Who would have thought the, the 2008 Florida Marlins would have had
0: Who's that, that much to? power? Huh? Who was on that lineup?
1: You're at You're asking questions that I do not know the answer All to. Right, let friend.
0: me just. Go but the bullpen. you,
1: you, the bullpen, go look at that. But I, and that 2008 Florida Marlins team, their four infielders hit each one 25 home runs each. And so as we as as we record this, Freddie Freeman now has 27 home runs. Austin Riley has 26 uh, home okay. runs.
0: Oh, so you okay? I got you. You had. Give me one Mar- second. It, All right.
1: Dan Dansby Swanson has 24 home runs, and Albies has 22 home runs. So there's a very real possibility that they're all going to score a uh, score,
0: hit 30 home runs. Hmm. So we had Mike Jacobs at first, Dan Ugla at second, Hanley Ramirez at shirt, and Jorge Cantu at third. Who?
1: Jorge Cantu. I those That first baseman at third baseman, I have no idea. I know who Hanley Ramirez is, and I know who Dan Ugla is because he also played for the – he played for the New York Mets, the Atlanta Braves, and I think he he, he did like a tour of the National League East and the Washington Nash, Nationals.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That but, is
1: but that's going to be fun because, and also I'm going to give I, I want to give a shout out, not a shout out. I want to remind DeCarlo Carlo that another team also had a, a chance at this record, and that's the 2009 New York Yankees, the, the, the last team, the last Yankee team to win a World Series. All of their four infielders, uh, Mark Teixeira, uh, Robinson Cano was the second baseman. Derek Jeter was the shortstop, and Alex Rodriguez was was a, was a third baseman. Three of those four hit 30 home runs. The only person who didn't even hit 20 home runs was Derek Jeter. So Derek Jeter was slacking, and he didn't get them over the 30. But it doesn't matter because the 2009 Yankees won the World Series, so I'm sure they would rather have that than have that record of – all four infielders hitting 30 home runs. But the Braves are looking real good this month. So I'm happy that they're hitting crazy, crazy home runs. But now, there's new. There's always new beginnings every single month. to Carl. New things are always happening.
0: Is that the truth? Um, and we got new seasons of some European football that began um, back in, what, May 13th? You had the Bundesliga that began, as well as La Liga. And then the following week you had the Premier League. Uh, French leagues begins or begun or has begun. I can't remember, but I think it should be worth noting because a player who was synonymous with one, you know, a club that was more than just a club, he is no more with them anymore. Lionel Messi. What do you think about that one?
1: Uh, Messi, uh, Leonel, uh, Lionel Messi leaving Barcelona? Yes. Well, I mean, he, he wasn't really, he didn't. I said this in some, ep- some episode a while ago that I wanted him to leave at the end of last season. But he said, it doesn't matter, who cares what I said? He said at the end of the 2020 season, he wanted to leave. The difference was at the end of the 2021 season, he didn't want to leave. And apparently Juan Laporta, the new the new old he was a president back I don't know like 10 years ago he was he was elected again. Apparently he didn't do everything possible to keep Lionel Messi with Barcelona. And so Messi obviously was very hurt, I guess, very sad because he's been with the club for what 20 years, 21 years. His kids are 13. his kids are basically Catalan because they were born there. they've been raised there. I don't know if they're probably all like eight and 12 and 15 years old. So, and now they're with uh, PSG, Bahi San Germain. So, that
0: yeah. It was funny. It was interesting. You said before, like, well, we were before we started recording, how you were surprised that he didn't end up going to like Man City. Like, well, obviously,
1: because that was that was the that was a whole rumor last year in the summer of 2020 because he played for uh, Josep Guardiola. And obviously, Guardiola is now the manager. He's been the manager at City for what, like five, six years. Mm. So it would have been a perfect fit for him. But at this, not a perfect fit, but at the same time, I do understand that Messi now is, what is he? I think he's like 35 years old. 34. Him, him going to, he's in his mid-30s. And because he and obviously Cristiano Ronaldo take such phenomenal care of their body, nutrients, sleep, training regimen, they can keep playing until well into their 30s. Him playing in Ligue 1, in the French League, can save his body because it's a much lower competition than the Bundesliga in Germany lower competition than Spain La Liga and lower competition, obviously than the premier league in England, Mm -hmm. he can save himself for those European matches because ultimately for him, he wants to win everything, but ultimately he kind of, I think he feels like cheated because Ronaldo has more champions league trophies than he does. Um, So it's going to be good for him to be able to save himself week in, week out versus going to Manchester City and having to play Liverpool one week, Chelsea the other week, um, united the next week and like tough teams in the middle of nowhere everton i don't know
0: also and i think culturally it would have been a big culture shock too for him going to say like england of all places you know it's like if you're not playing for a london club it could be really difficult like just case in point i remember when city was first make doing its huge buy-up after being taken over by shank bansur and then you bring in players like robinho who were brazilian and come to a place like manchester which is real like it's quintessential england you know what i mean they they had one brazilian spot like one Brazilian restaurant i believe called pal brazil and that was the only place that they would go because you know it's really being homesick so those are like considerations i think a lot of people don't take like think about sometimes and how that could be a really bad type of fit and also just the dynamics too of the team You know, I think knowing that Messi has played with the likes of, say, Neymar, you know, playing at Barcelona, you know, that might help in terms of um, their whole camaraderie, as well as Messi also playing with Angel Di Maria for country with Argentina. So at least having familiar faces and other players that you have had some experience with personally, as well as professionally, that could allow you to kind of acclimate to that. And I think, you know, continental Europe is completely different, you know, especially when you think of, say, the Latin countries, as opposed to those that aren't Latin countries. So I think that might be another consideration to take. And plus, You know, for what it's worth, Messi is a lot. Like, his wages, like, you could always get more promising talent who you don't have to have so many stipulations for at a much cheaper rate than a player like Messi. But unless you're going for real commercial appeal, like, Paris Saint-Germain is now, they're at that point where they need that last piece to help push them over the European, like, hurdle, which Messi could bring to that. But then also being that they're in a league where they pretty much take the title every single year, they could use him as more of a marketing, like in their marketing strategy, because he's going to sell a lot of kits. He's going to sell a lot of shirts. And so it's like, all right, you save him for the European matches where he's going to be able to preserve his body. You know, you have players like Mbappe who, you know, if not for nothing, are going to be leaving at some point or another. But Messi could at least fill that or also help Mbappe, depending on what type of strategy they have at PSG. And just do what he needs to do. So, I mean, I think it was a good move for him. Uh, you know, I don't think he would. I, I don't think going to a league like going to a league like England would do well for his legacy. I think at this stage, the English league is too physical. He would do well, but he's like if he was messy at age twenty eight, I could see him taking that move. Not messy at thirty four. Yeah,
1: but again, he gets to save his body. At the same time, look, Manchester keeps. The city of Manchester keeps evolving, and I'm sure with all of the European and, and not even European, but whether they're they're from Africa or Southern Europe, they all they all go to play for Manchester United. They go play for Manchester City. Uh, the business opportunities will be there to be like, hey, we're getting a lot more people who are not used to these type of weather. And look, Paris isn't exactly Miami. Paris isn't a Capri. <laughs> It gets cold. It gets gloomy. Mm-hmm. It's gray in Paris. So it's not like he, he, it's a lot more gloomy and gray than it than it is in Barcelona. Oh, that's for sure. And he has to learn a new language and, and messy. No, doesn't. Doesn't yes, oh, he does. He's gonna have
0: an interpreter there with him the whole time. You think at this stage he's gonna sit back and do that? He will spend some damn money and just be like, you know what? Screw this. I'm here to do what I need to do. Get over here. I'm saying what I'm saying in Spanish, translated into French. That's it. He ain't going yeah. don't, to. I don't foresee him doing that. Come on. Even look at Ronaldo. Like, he would do his press conferences even when he went to Italy. He wasn't trying to learn, like, Italian. Even well, though he speaks Spanish and Portuguese and English. and English, He's just like, screw it. I'm not going to learn it. Like, it's kind of uh, the I, same phase.
1: I talked about Ronaldo's issue about he, he Ronaldo doesn't speak, doesn't learn Italian out of spite because that man speaks Portuguese and English. He would be. I mean, it's Portuguese in Spanish. He'd be fluent in Italian. Honestly, in three months. Yeah. But he doesn't. He doesn't want to do it. He, that. That's why. Again, yeah, this is going off topic here, but he's probably not going to be a Juventus for much, much longer because he, he doesn't like Italy for whatever it is. So. That's his problem. Yeah, so but where Messi, would he
0: go, though? Like, uh, just like sidebar.
1: They, they say that he's going to go to uh, PSG or back to uh, Real Madrid, but then he posted something on social media saying, I'm not going to Madrid. That's history. I'd have a great history. Who knows? Maybe he goes to Miami to play for Inner, inner Miami or LA, nah, he got the LA ra- Galaxy. Well, know. The,
0: you know, they, no, there's, there's still that rape charge in Nevada. Of him so i don't think he's coming okay him. i didn't know anything it's about
1: that but you don't
0: remember <laughs> okay. that like he got he was one of those like casualties like there's a uh yeah so like a woman in nevada i think like yeah i'll we'll talk about okay. it later but yeah there's the, the there's point, definitely maybe so.
1: okay maybe he goes to china i don't know i don't
0: yeah. know well why would he go to i mean unless if he goes to china that would be nothing but just some money money round. money money, yeah. money. Okay, yep, yep, yep. He has uh, it was a judge to hear arguments over a hush money agreement over something that happened in Las Vegas 10 years ago. Yeah. That's so I don't like think he's hit. coming to Miami. Okay, well,
1: I, I that's not wishful thinking on my part. I, I don't I don't know where he's going. He didn't he hasn't told me.
0: But yeah, now you are the European leagues are back, so if you're a soccer fan, watch them. Um, I'll just give you somewhat kind of ideas and protection predictions, I think. So winning the English Premier league title, that is going to be a difficult one. People will say city, um, city tooled up. But one thing I'll have to say in regards to city, um, I don't know because United, I don't, United will be in the top three. They made some really good, uh, transfers with Rafael Varane coming over from Real Madrid, Jaden Sancho from, uh, Borussia Dortmund. Um, And I believe they made another deal, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Those are good moves. And I think that that would be, that's going to help them catapult them. But I also think that they need a new manager. I don't think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to be the guy who delivers them to the promised land after Sir Alex Ferguson. They're going to need somebody who could manage personalities in a way that can uplift them. And managers like that are few and far between. Um, Even though Liverpool have not really retooled much, we have to remember that they... When it came to the majority of their defense, they were all out with serious injuries and now they're all back. They also made a key uh, adjustment by bringing in Ibrahimo Konate from uh, RB um, RB Leipzig, which will help um, plug in some of those holes in the defense. And they still have their top three and uh, some of their role players have been really showing out in uh, preseason. So I expect them to challenge. Arsenal sucks. Um, Chelsea. Yeah, they'll they'll compete. It'll be a good league. Bundesliga Bayern Munich is going to take it again, which is boring. PSG and Liga again. And La Liga, Atleti is looking like the top team. Barcelona is going to have some uh, seismic uh, problems after Messi leaving. And uh, but then again, I think with Messi gone, it allows for Ronald Koeman to really make a team in the image that he wanted to do because uh, it's really difficult when you do have a talisman like a Lionel Messi who pretty much you know you have to build a team around, not the other way around. Wait, and- I'm,
1: Ronald, Koeman, Ronald Koeman, the he used to play for Barcelona back in the late 80s, early 90s, and he won their first European Cup. He takes that job as a manager because he wants to coach, he wants to manage the greatest player of all time. <laughs> I don't think someone like him goes to a club like Barcelona and says, Man, this would be a dream job if only I would get rid of that. No, damn no. greatest player of all time.
0: <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with you, but at the same time, you have that experience and you realize that after you do it, it's not all it's cracked up to be, especially when you have a Lionel Messi who comes into the season proclaiming he don't want to be there. So, I think that makes a difference in terms and then of you had how to that that relationship. Part. Yeah, but at the same time, you had a change of heart and Barcelona's season was all over the place. Now, if you remove that element, not to say that Messi is an element who's going to cause problems, because not, not at all. Messi's personality is one that's always been centralized for the team, but at the same time, people can put that guys on publicly and have a completely different persona in private. So I think we need to also keep in mind that there might've been a lot of other things that played into that. But we also know that Barcelona's financial position had horrible. played into why messi was going to be gone and yeah we spoke about it it was a very like high highly possible like highly probable uh outcome that Lionel messi wouldn't be there at the start of the season so but i think also when you do don't have that anymore and after your team has performed subpar which kind of indicates that the, that magic is not there anymore that you have a little bit more freedom to play around a little bit more and and you know the pressure is going to be off. It's not going to be as intense as it was the previous season because now you're going in right at the start with an unknown and Joan Laporta. Joan Laporta in his next in his now second role, like second time as the president of Barcelona's second term. To, yeah, second term. Excuse me. He's to, the it,
1: he's the he's the Grover Cleveland of FC Barcelona.
0: Yeah, and so I mean it, it's interesting to see, but I have to say out of the teams that are really just that seem like they have the, mo- the- this shit together, you know, for lack of a better word, in La Liga, it's Atletico Madrid, hands down.
1: Go, go uh, Diego Simone.
0: Yeah, so that's how I think about that. And then just moving off to European football into another thing I just really want to briefly highlight. some uh, shout out to the New York Knicks for making some very good roster moves and plugging some holes in positions that we have had for quite some time. So if you, anybody who's a Knicks fan who's listening to this podcast, hello, and you are Nobody. loved. And you're loved. Anyway, Nobody's we bring to in. New York. Nobody's going into New York. Anyway, we bring in Evan Fournier from the Bolton Celtics, who is a solid player, a uh, French player. Before he played for the Celtics, played for the Magic. And, you know, he averages, like, career-wise, his stats, averages about 14.3 a game, has played. Pretty consistently for most of the years, except last year, he didn't play as many games, last two seasons, really. But 2019, 2018, he had some pretty solid numbers, had to deal with some injuries, but is still a solid player. was on the French team that played in the Olympics. He plays as a shooting guard or a small forward, so he gives them that depth. He's a good piece to bring into, into the mix. But the biggest piece in this situation is the hometown point guard, straight out of the VX, Kemba Walker, who we brought in. From the Boston Celtics, Boo. this is a guy, huh?
1: Boo! No. I don't like him.
0: You know what? Well, he's a solid point guard. He averages like just under twenty points throughout his career. I don't like Kemba Walker, owners.
1: huh? I don't like Kemba Walker because what he did for one night. What? Back in two thousand eleven, I think he was the point guard for the University of Connecticut Huskies. On the national championship night against my Kentucky Wildcats, he went off, and he was the sole reason that UConn won that game. So, <laughs> so ever since then,
0: <laughs> and ever
1: since then, I don't give a rat's right butt cheek about Kemba Walker. So,
0: so you hate him for just doing what he was supposed to do? Okay. Yes.
1: No. No, I don't hate him for that because. Kentucky could have played better that night, but we're going all over the place with college basketball, but that's the reason I'm like Kemba Walker. I don't forget what you do to my Kentucky Wildcats. So whatever. So I hope you're an average player
0: like everybody else is
1: for the New York Knicks.
0: Nah, I think he's coming (laughs) into a Knicks squad that has a good coach that they're, they're, chemistry as well. And those were positions that we needed to fill. Like we needed a, a top class point guard to be able to distribute to RJ Barrett, to Julius Randle. And we have a shooting guard, go- like now we got a player in Fourier who could jump in and give you say an 18 point, 20 point, like average like point game season, who could play a small forward and also backup a junior guard. So I think we needed that versatility. We got a really strong young squad made the playoffs last year and what stopped us from actually you know, beating the Atlanta Hawks apart from uh, James you know, Dolan.
1: James no, Dolan. no, it
0: wasn't even James Dolan. It was uh what's his name? It was Trey young, Trey young and the Atlanta Hawks. They went in and amazing. they, you know, but they also had a better like fit squad. And now that you'll have a player who could take off, like who could actually shoot outside with Kemba Walker because Julius Randall, he could play even inside. He can give you a decent jump shot, but unfortunately he thought he could do it all. And that was not the case. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they do. And two strong New York squads playing in, in the NBA, which is good. We had playoff basketball at the Garden. Let's keep it up. So shout out to the New York Knicks for those moves.
1: Yeah. So shout out to Julius Randle, who is a former Kentucky Wildcat, and now he's a forward for the New York Knicks. So I hope he has a good season, but I hope everybody else is very, very average. And I'm going to, like I said, <laughs> I joked a few minutes ago and I paraphrased Draymond Green. You remember that line that Draymond Green used? I think Draymond, no, no, it wasn't Draymond Green. It was uh, Deon, uh, Andre Iguodala. Andre mm-hmm. Iguodala who played for the Golden State Warriors. He has like three rings with them. He then went to the, to the Miami Heat and they, they made it to the finals against the Lakers last year. He's now back with the Golden State Warriors. My point is about four years ago, he was on, I think he was on the business TV channel CNBC, and it's based in New York. And they were saying, oh, so-and-so, whatever free agent of that year was like, hey, Andre, what do you think about so-and-so potentially signing with the Knicks? Do you remember this, DiCarlo? Mm-mm. So he was, I gotta send you that link. I'll I'll, I'll, even, I'll put it in the Twitter handle. He, he looked at the camera and he goes, he shake his head, he goes, nobody's going to New York. Nobody's going to New York. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was the point. That was the time. <laughs> That's what I was saying about earlier. It's like, nobody's going to New York. like So, yeah, the delu- delusion with Kevin Durant's going to sign with us, LeBron James going to sign with us, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade. No, uh, but you know uh, J- what? All of players need to DeVacum- actually see a
0: foundation. So, you know yeah. what? I think, and I, and I have to agree. This is you,
1: after, DiCarlo, this is, you have to set that foundation after every other superstar says, I'm not going through that nuclear waste that is James Dolan's New York Knicks.
0: Yeah, but you know what? I have to say this much. Um, Tom Thibodeau the met like the, the coach, he's the perfect coach for the type of team that they're building. And I think the coach. The, you know, it really was the front office in making sure that Dolan kept his dirty hands off of it. And I think now that as they're starting to build the team and now that they have a coach who is using the pieces that he was given and they clot you know, honestly, they went from nowhere. Nobody expected to make, to make the fourth seed last season. They made the fourth seed of the Eastern Conference yes they got knocked out in the first shot of the playoffs that's okay nobody expected them to even be anywhere near the playoffs but they did and i think that you you have that coach and you have that nucleus and once you see like oh wait they got players who who are hungry then you're going to be like all right like because if you make it in new york and this is whoever whenever the time comes that that's there are bad, players man who bring a title to the New York Knicks, you, they are you, going to be York, gods because you, you know why? York. The New York market is still the New York market. And you're talking about a team that has not had a championship since 1973. Come on. Like as sniffed close, but hasn't got there. Once they get there, whoever does this will be a God amongst men in New York, man. I'm telling you. So be very me, watch. It's going to happen. And when it does, it will be a beautiful sight for humanity to witness.
1: Yeah. So, Andre Iguodala. No one's going to New York. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> he could kick rocks now.
1: Yeah. Anyways, um, we want to bring in someone who is from New York, Miss Cleo Brooklyn, not from Jamaica, for Miss Cleo time, AKA Weekly Predictions. People. Last week's episode, episode 46, I predicted that DiCarlo's gonna come back and oh he's back. So welcome back to Carlo. Miss Cleo and I take all the take all of the credit. But this upcoming week on the 23rd and tw- I want to do I want to call in Miss Cleo for another another thing because on the 23rd and the 24th of August, the New York Knicks are going to Atlanta to play the Ana Braves. I say let's do another friendly wager. And I want, to tell, I want to remind everybody or tell everyone that the Braves and the Yankees are probably arguably two of the hottest teams in baseball right now, at least in the, in the month of August. Over the past 15 games, the Braves have won 13 games and only had two losses. And for the Yankees, over their past 20 games, they've had 16 wins and have only had four losses. So this is, this is pretty exciting. The last time they played, I think it was like, I don't know, May or something. They played up in Yankee Stadium. They split. It was a two-game series, 1-1. One, one. My friend, wh- what if we have a friendly wager of a nice lunch at Cat's Deli if one team or the other wins this series? What do you say, my friend?
0: I said that would be good, but the only thing is, is that in my, my viewpoint, I think it'll be a split.
1: <laughs> so everyone pays their own lunch at Cat's Deli in okay. New York.
0: Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's a good. Like if the Yankees win, than you, if the Braves win, than me, and if it's a split of the series, then we just go Dutch.
1: Okay. That, that works for me. We'll see what I, we couldn't get a hold of Miss Khalil this week. So we'll see uh, what we'll, we'll follow up on this next week, my friend. All
0: right. and, now- what,
1: and well, you know what helps? What helps pay potentially go Dutch or potentially one or the other paying for it is the money that the show sponsors bring in.
0: Yes. And so today's sponsor is Hanalei Bay Automotive Group, shipping and, dish and cars on the Hawaiian Islands since 1952. So if you ever get stuck on Kauai, you need your car transported over to Big Island, make sure you hit up Hanalei Bay Auto Group. They ship and dish, take your car, make sure you get there and you have a nice, solid time. So whenever you need to move, Hanalei Bay Automotive Group is your group
1: beautiful thank you for cars because we need them from time to time our last segment is styling and profiling with rick flair fashion and sports can i get a woo? woo i want to talk about the last thank you my friend i want to talk about the last team the last baseball team to get their city connect jersey you guys know that i've been like really on this this whole season nike went out and said we are going to create New Jerseys for these teams that represent their city and all this nonsense. I haven't, I've only liked, I think, the Miami Marlins ones, the Arizona Diamondback, and the Chicago White Sox. Everything else has been straight garbage. Los Angeles Dodgers, as I was afraid it was going to happen, also garbage, basura. Basura is Spanish for garbage. Why? Because the Dodgers, they're new, they just came out. It just came out. Their jersey is blue, shockingly, and it has like black trimmings. It just I mean, it just looks like black smudges of on the edges of their sleeves. And they said that, oh, the the sleeves of the uniforms have spray painted accents because it's a nod to Los Angeles's street art culture, you know, spray spray paint.
0: It, it, looks, like, it, looks, it looks like it was just somebody put, like, paint on the side. Like, if they were going to go for that explanation as to why they did that, then it should have something that would be synonymous with L.A. street art, not just, like, blotches of spray paint. Like, that just, <laughs> I don't know, in that sense, it kind of just looks very lazily done because they could have did that in a way that, you know, you could bring in, like, an artist like Cartoon, like Mr. Cartoon, who's known for doing street art in L.A., to do some type of design maybe cartoon you know he was too much too expensive for him I don't know but and shout out to Mr. Cartoon anyway but still like why say this is synonymous to LA street you know art when there's nothing artistic about it
1: nothing and then and then the Dodgers say Nike does obviously all this stuff in where is in Oregon
0: yeah Beaverton Oregon Beaverton
1: Beaverton, Oregon. Oregon Then the Dodgers say, oh, we worked with local artists. And I I, I read this and I was excited. I was like, this is exactly what I want. But they said they work with the local artists. I'm going to give them a shout out here. Jonas Swire, Fernando Valdez Zamora, Michelle Ruby Guerrero, Hector Arias, Chris Corona, and Michelle Villanueva Matugas. But all these local artists, all they did, not all they did, but they created murals at Dodger Stadium. Why couldn't they have also asked local artists to help create Nike, asked local artists to create the Dodgers thing. Remember a few weeks ago, we talked uh, a month ago, we talked about San Francisco giants, horrible city connect Jersey that was supposed to represent fog. It was so ugly. It was the one of the, it's probably the worst one. So it's just sad because, uh, you know, there was a Yahoo, there was a, there was an article on Yahoo Sports that said, quote, let's just say Nike saved the best for last, end quote. I'm like, are you serious? Like, no, you, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. This is, it's a, it, it's a, it's, it's, it's very sad that this is Los Angeles, the home of Hollywood the home of uh, all these music companies, the home of all this animation, this, that, and the other. Why would you allow Nike to to come up with the jerseys blue? Across the chest, we're going to put Los Dodgers. Los, obviously, being the plural in Spanish for the the Dodgers. Why not put Los Doyers as DiCarlo had said at the top of the show? Because The whole point of this, they they say, was to celebrate the Latino community who's been supporting the Dodgers for generations now. And for those of you who are more of a legalistic mind, the Los Angeles Dodgers actually own the trademark for Los Doyers, L-O-S-D-O-Y-E-R-S. Doyers is just the way people who speak Spanish C can pronounce Dodgers, so... And Nike declined to say why they didn't use Los Doyers. They just put lo- Los Dodgers because it's so, lazy.
0: You know what? That's exactly. lazy. It's almost like remember, like with the um, what Latino Night in the NBA, and it would have uh, like El Heat. Like really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what I was thinking because Hispanic Heritage Month is in October. No, September, but or October. I don't forget what I forget what month it is. It's just it, It's just sad. I'm like. At the beginning of the year, I was actually, I wouldn't say upset, but I was annoyed that the Atlanta Braves weren't part of that first wave of teams, because I think that Nike came out with seven or eight of them. But after I saw all these uniforms, I'm like, I am glad that the the Atlanta Braves are not part of any of this nonsense. Hopefully Nike does a reassesses there terrible They probably
0: won't because you know why they probably have some idiot who went to like you know Bennington who has had no experience with any people of color who then they put them in these positions that are supposed to do outreach and decide like oh let me just hire some people I know and then this is what we get like and the worst part about it is is that it seems as as though the answer to these questions like to these issues are right in front of you get people who are there but it seems as though these corporate entities just still have this inability to just say, you know what? Care. But, I mean, it's, it's bad business practice. It's like if you truly want to make money, stop being lazy. And it's really not. Bring people in the room. Like if I'm going to do a thing about the Los Angeles Dodgers and we want to have something that is out of the ordinary and stylistic, bring local artists. You put people on, which is a great thing, and then you get the perspective that you need.
1: But why would they do that, to Carlo? Why would they do that? That means they would have to share some of that money, a little bit of that money. God forbid, Nike makes nine gazillion dollars and not eight point nine gazillion dollars. It's it's for the money. That's what it is.
0: Yeah, so that's pitiful. Uh,
1: that's we'll see. We'll see what happens. People go to go online. We'll look look for the new Los Angeles Dodgers City Connect jersey. It's un, it's completely underwhelming. It really is. And and I hate that. And I don't like the fact that I'm always coming on about not liking these jerseys, but they're not good. They just don't do it for me. But anyways, you know who does it for us? Our pets. Our pets always make us happy. They are crazy colors on their hair, their designs. They're beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, take a picture of your beautiful pet. Send it to us at our Twitter handle at HPP4040. And when you, use it, when you send a picture, use the hashtag Pets HPP ETS. And I want to give a shout out. To some new listeners we've had over the past few weeks, we've had a new listener from Dublin, Ireland, Amsterdam, Netherlands, and we have. Who do we? Who, what's our last new listener, my friend?
0: So we got a shout out, the Irish sheikh, listening from the Islamic Republic of Iran.
1: iron cheek being uh what is it 1980s wrestler 1990s wrestler yeah 80s 90s wrestler. yeah so we don't want to i don't we don't know who we people when we have our analytics we can't see your name or anything like that we just see like where what city and country we have listeners from but we don't want to say the city in iran because we don't know if it's like against the law to listen to american baseball podcasts so we don't want to create any problems but we want to thank our listener we know where you're from and you know where you're from our new listener from the islamic republic of iran thank you sir
0: yes and or ma'am or
1: ma'am or ma'am we don't know
0: we don't know and we want to thank everybody else for listening especially everybody who's been here from the start those who joined in the middle and who continues to keep joining us as we continue to progress along so if this is your first time or if this is your relatively Most recent time, and you haven't done so before, please subscribe to the podcast and give us a review, as well as rate us. We like to hear everything that you guys have to say about us. It helps with the analytics, and it also allows us to get to know you better. So you can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at HBP4040, and send us your feedback. Twitter because we do love the how many characters are we able to use now like 240 or something like that so at least it's a little bit more of a fluid conversation but also I will say this just to kind of say to quote Dave Chappelle Twitter is like speaking uh and uh it's like writing in on the side of the bathroom so let's try to not keep it like that we can know each other and have nice dialogue and conversation so let's keep it good let's keep it professional not professional but whatever anyway cordial um and of course you can see any pictures and other things that we post up as well as pictures of our drinks and of course our drinks will be in the show notes make sure you join us next time for a brand new episode of hbp hipster baseball podcast